God of all creation, you are the author and giver of all good things. And with gratitude, we return to you what is yours. Accept and use these gifts for the service of your kingdom in and around Fort Lauderdale and beyond to provide good news, healing, and hope to a broken and hurting world. And now by your spirit, as we hear your holy word, give us humble, teachable, and obedient hearts that we may discern your still small voice through the scriptures read and proclaimed. Open to us possibilities for change and growth and give us the strength and courage to follow on the path you set before us. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. Friends, you may be seated. It is good to be with you all on this 11th Sunday after Pentecost and this glorious Sunday morning in South Florida. Our lectionary passage for today serves up a wonderful and convicting passage, one that I believe helps us to embrace our callings as followers of Jesus Christ. Though we may or may not be comfortable using the word calling, Presbyterians teach that everyone is called by God, and each of us is created for a unique purpose. Some believe it is meant only for clergy or those seeking a full-time vocation in the church. But God calls us to meet the needs of the world through a variety of roles. Some are called to be teachers, farmers, nurses, engineers, auto mechanics, even lawyers. That was a joke. With the help of the community of faith, we discern our unique call, the purpose for which God created us. Our text for today comes from Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 to 10, and I invite you to listen for the word of the Lord. Now the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, truly I do not know how to speak, for I am only a boy. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am only a boy, for you shall go to all to whom I send you and you shall speak whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Now I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and over kingdoms, to pluck up and to pull down, to destroy and to overthrow to build, and to plant. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So what does God's call look like anyway? One way to discover that is to listen to other people's stories. 
One place where we have a collection of call stories is in the Bible. Moses, David, Samuel, Jonah, Isaiah, Peter, Paul, Mary, and many more. Moses was blessed with the burning bush. Isaiah has a vision. Peter was called by Jesus. Paul had his dramatic conversion on the road to Damascus. None of these stories is quite like the others. While call stories may be interesting, even fascinating, for us linear thinkers, this is also perplexing information. How does this work? How do we know? How can we be sure? For many, God's call is a process, and that involves discernment and considering our gifts and talents. What are we interested in? What gives us joy and satisfaction? It may be helpful to ask those who know you well for their opinions. Career counseling may also be helpful. When I was first called into ministry, I became an inquirer through Central Florida Presbytery. In that context, an inquirer means that the person is exploring and discerning a call to ministry. So, with the help of the Committee on Preparation for Ministry, I was sent for an evaluation to see if I would be a good fit in a ministry setting, specifically as a minister of word and sacrament. I spent a couple of days at a career counseling center, taking a variety of tests, such as interest inventories, personality measures, work values, multiple aptitude batteries, and combined assessment tools. To be honest, I was glad to go for career counseling because I was really questioning this call thing. My call to ministry was unexpected, inconvenient, and it was something I had never dreamt about or hoped for. Well, after my evaluation was complete, the results were in, and the test showed that I was best suited to become a steel worker. <laughs> I know, right? Well, all this may or may not be helpful, but the question still remains, how do I know? How do I know what God has called me to do and be in this world? The older I get, the more I realize that all of us have a variety of abilities and interests. And while the world has many needs, things change. By going through a process of discernment, the thing we are called to becomes clear. God trusts us to make a good choice, one that suits us and our interests and abilities. We may be called away from the thing we are originally called to. Situations arise, needs present themselves, and people change. Furthermore, even if we make poor choices or have our doubts, God has a way of redeeming us and putting us back on the right path. Well, in our text for today, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Jeremiah didn't ask for it. He didn't pray for it. He really didn't want it. The word of the Lord just came to Jeremiah, unexpectedly, which is how it usually comes, without warning. 
you're having a cup of coffee or doing your chores or taking a walk or driving to work, and the word of the Lord comes. Sometimes it appears clear and obvious, and other times it's a nagging feeling, a still small voice that won't go away. The word of the Lord just comes when you least expect it, ready or not. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. To this divine calling, Jeremiah responded, Ah, Lord God, truly I do not know how to speak, for I am only a boy. In the call business, there's usually some hesitation involved, including excuses, denial, confusion, anxiety, even excitement. And I, for one, love Jeremiah's honesty. We can almost feel his pain. I do not know how to speak. I do not know. Jeremiah really doesn't know. But God does. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. God knows us intimately, and yet God still calls us. God knows our context, our desires, our gifts and talents, our hopes and dreams, along with the particular needs in the world. And the context matters. The prophet's context was full of chaos and confusion. Professor and author Kathleen O'Connor described Jeremiah's world as a place of disaster. This was the time of the Babylonian invasions, disrupting the lives of those living in Jerusalem. The Babylonian troops had destroyed the king's palace and the temple, and people were deported to Babylon. Survivors lost loved ones and perhaps their jobs or places of employment. They lost their leadership, both in government and religion. And they also lost their homeland. It also meant that people lost their confidence in God. So there were serious disruptions in the lives of all those involved, with serious consequences. This is the context in which Jeremiah was called to be a prophet. And I don't blame him for his response. Ah, Lord God, truly, I do not know how to speak, for I'm only a boy. It seems that Jeremiah felt ill-equipped, to say the least. Unqualified, inexperienced, maybe he wasn't doing well in school. And besides, he was only a boy. And I wonder if we can relate. I'm too old. I'm too busy. Not my gift. I'm only a youth. I'm only a housewife. I only have a high school education. I don't talk well. I have to confess, I have distinct memories of wrestling with God when I thought I might be called to seminary. Not a good time, Lord. I'm actually really busy raising three small children and a very playful golden retriever. All true. But of course, God already knew that. 
Poor Jeremiah. He really was young. We don't know much about Jeremiah other than he has a nickname, the Weeping Prophet. Jeremiah had a lot to weep about. His world was full of tragedy and despair. But in the midst of that tragedy and despair, God calls him to speak words of truth to his own people. Words that were unpopular, uncomfortable, and unwelcome in his particular context. So again, I don't blame Jeremiah for shrinking back from this odd and wondrous calling. When I found myself sitting in my first seminary class, I wondered if I was in the wrong place. Everyone in my class seemed more qualified, more knowledgeable, more well-read, more confident, and they seemed to fit in. Theologian Thomas Aquinas wrote about this condition, and he called it smallness of soul. God calls us to stretch and grow and become all that God dreams us to do and be. But instead, we say we can't. We shrink back. We forget to rely on God's grace to equip us for the work God calls us to do, something much bigger and greater than anything we would have chosen for ourselves. Often, the excuses we make are, Credible and true. Jeremiah was actually a boy. I was actually fairly busy. But they are still excuses. And God, who is sovereign, God, who created heaven and earth, and the God who knows us and loves us, responded to Jeremiah. Don't say, I'm only a boy. I'll tell you where to go, and you'll go there. I'll tell you what to say, and you'll say it. Don't be afraid of a soul. I'll be right there, looking after you. From Eugene Peterson's The Message. Peterson also wrote a series of reflections on the life of Jeremiah in a book called Run with the Horses. In Jeremiah chapter 12, God says to the prophet, If you're worn out in this foot race with men, What makes you think you can race against horses? Peterson explores the heart of what it means to be fully human and fully alive. And he writes, Life, in fact, is too much for us. This business of living in awareness and response to God exceeds our capacities. Not all the time, of course. We have spurts of love, risks of faith, impressive episodes of courageous caring. But then we slip back into laziness or greed. Peterson's point is that there is a gap between what we think we can do and what God calls us to do. So all of our excuses must be really boring for God because God knows us intimately, warts and all, and yet we are called. God calls us by name. God knows our hearts, and all are called to live as followers of Christ, loving and serving throughout the world. 
Furthermore, God equips us. One commentator puts it this way. God equips the called. God does not call the equipped. And so we come to the realization that God calls, God commands, God appoints, and God equips. God created you and me for a purpose. Just like God chose Jeremiah and David and Peter and Mary and all the saints gone before us. Well, this would be a good time to wrap things up. But something wouldn't let me go. Our text for today includes a call narrative. And that's good stuff. But I can't stop thinking about Jeremiah's heart. I mean, he's called the weeping prophet for a reason. His heart was open to weeping. But what is striking about the weeping prophet is that he acted upon his grief. He acted upon his grief. He could see the harsh realities, the false gods, the lies, and the deception, and it made him weep. The sin in the world made his heart break. Jeremiah somehow felt God's own grief. And that's why Jeremiah was known as the weeping prophet. Jeremiah could see clearly what was going on. And in the midst of all the brokenness, God calls Jeremiah to do something about it. And so I think we are called to answer the question, What grieves God today? In our community, in our church, in our country and world, what causes God to weep? What breaks your heart and God's heart? How will you and I respond? And how will the church respond to the things that break our hearts? and God's heart. We may be unqualified, we may be ill-equipped or inexperienced, and we may not know what to say or do. But friends, we are all followers of Jesus Christ, and all are called to use our God-given gifts and talents for furthering the kingdom of God. God is calling you and me to speak truth into a broken and hurting world. I know, I know, it's too much, it's uncomfortable. We may not be qualified, but God says, I am with you. There may be differences of opinion on how best to serve our neighbors or how to use our limited resources for the great needs all around us. It's uncomfortable, it's too much, but God says, I am with you. Tragedy hits your world, your community, even your family, and you are called to be an incarnational presence of Christ. It's too much. It's uncomfortable. We may be ill-equipped, but God says, I am with you. 
God wants you and me to grow and learn and stretch and to share the gospel. Friends, to share the gospel with those around you. It's uncomfortable. I'm only a child. But God says, I am with you. Friends, what is God calling you and me to do and be in this world, both as individuals and in the church? God already knows our hearts. And God says, I am with you. Friends, how shall we respond? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.